Well, good evening, folks. Uh, it's great to have uh, the opportunity to be able to come to you this evening. And we're uh, uh, doing the recording tonight early on so that we can have it available to you because of the weather situation and uh, knowing that uh, many of you cannot come out to the uh, service for prayer, but we wanted to be able to have an opportunity to talk to you about prayer. So today's day 15, and today our topic is faith for healing. And I want to just take a few moments this evening and talk to you about the aspect of healing. You know, we as a church here at Jubilee Worship Center believe that through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, divine provision was made for the physical, mental, and spiritual healing of believers and of the people of God. Uh, divine healing is, uh, uh, by its very definition, indicates that it operates according to the sovereign will of God. It's God's will to heal. Believers, uh, therefore, are to minister to the sick um, in one or more ways. We are to uh, pray for people by the laying on of hands, according to Mark 16. We are to pray uh, the prayer of faith and use anointing oil, according to James 5, 14. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And then we are also uh, called to do it through the charismatic enablement of healing and action. If you look in Acts uh, chapter 3 and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can see how that God uses healing as a spiritual gift. And then, of course, there's also the healing through spiritual counseling and guidance that's found in Galatians chapter 6. Tonight, according to the Word of God, Isaiah 54 and, uh, tells us in verse, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 says, Surely he has bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You know, I'm thankful tonight to know that I have healing through the Lord. You know, he lifted what was wrong from us and carried the ongoing suffering it had caused. It seemed that God was punishing or abusing him, but in reality, he was doing it all for you and me. We talk a lot about how that Jesus dealt with our sin at Calvary, and it seems that uh, so many Christians are content to know that they are forgiven and it's wonderful to be forgiven, but you know the passage that we read in Isaiah tells us that we are not only forgiven, but we are healed. I began to understand what Paul was preaching when he, when he said that we preach Christ and him crucified. If you've ever, ever wondered why, uh, you know that uh, we don't just preach Christ, but we preach about his resurrection we preach about the we, we preach the entirety of Christ. And you know, we do a lot of talk about the resurrection of Christ, and we ought to, because you know what? The resurrection is what gives us, as the people of God, hope. But Calvary wasn't just about the death and the resurrection and the future hope. If you really look at it, in order to really deal with sin, if it's if it's 
only about what Jesus did about sin, then we know, of course, that Jesus had to die. And if all that he wanted to do for us was just to simply forgive us of sin and give us hope to eternal life, then they could have simply just killed him. And they could have gotten it over very quickly. But he didn't just get over sin or over it. He died once, but he died. Notice how he died. It was a grueling death that he died. He suffered unspeakably for us. And here, you know, is the amazing thing. It almost seemed that God actually uh, miraculously kept him alive so that he could suffer even the more. You know, the night before that Jesus had experienced this, emotion, this emotional death, you know, the Bible tells us that he went through emotional stress so much so that the blood uh, poured out of his veins as, as it came out of him, and he couldn't even sleep. And after his uh, captivity, the soldiers had beaten him with rods and plucked out his beard and put a crown of thorns on his head. And then there was the Roman scourging, which would kill most men. And after the scourging, they made, a, made him wear a, a heavy robe, and it stuck to his skin. And they made him carry his own cross a number of miles in order to go to the place of Golgotha. How Jesus survived such long, excruciating pain uh, will always remain a mystery to me, but I, I, I believe that, you know, that is one of the things that we see the Lord had done. But then, not only did he have to suffer that way, they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross and left him out there in the hot sun. They doused his lacerations with vinegar when he cried out for thirst. And if all Jesus needed to do was to die and rise again to deal with the sin problem, then why, why would he have to go through so much suffering in the process? You see, I believe that sin uh, did so much more than just cause us to die. Sin causes us to suffer. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, they didn't die a quick death, but the Bible tells us that they did die. But God allowed them to live so that they, had, that they would have the opportunity to repent. But how it must have grieved him to know that Adam and Eve and all other descendants were going to have to live in a world that was no longer in harmony with its creator. A world that would be filled with pain because it was cursed. A world filled with conflict. A world filled with stress. You see, when I read Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it tells us that he not only lifted the things that were wrong, but he carried the resulting suffering as well. By dying, Jesus purchased my life in eternity. By suffering, Jesus purchased my healing while I'm still here. Because he died, I can face yesterday. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But because he suffered, I can face today. You know, we talk a great deal about how he saved us from sin, about how we have eternal life, but that's only half the story. That's only half of what Calvary is about. I want to talk to you just a few moments about the other half of that story. I'm going to talk to you about why he died. I want to talk to you about why he didn't die right away. 
3 o'clock in the afternoon, when Jesus said, it is finished, and gave up the ghost, it was all about my sin. But in the 15 hours leading up to that moment, it was all about my healing. It was all about your healing. A close study of Isaiah 53 helps us to realize that it's more than just about physical healing. His suffering was about giving us healing. Even in Paul's description, he singles out this gift uh, and, he, and he talks about it in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, and then again in verse 28. He said, God gave to others the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Notice the plural. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. So I want to look at this, and I want you to notice five things I, I see that he has provided for you and me. Number one, it says he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He, he experienced incredible burdens and released us from the stress. Jesus carried unbelievable stress in those final hours, so much so that, as I said, the sweat turned to great drops of blood, and then he carried his cross See, when he carried his cross, he was carrying our sins. Jesus subjected himself to great burdens so that I can be free from stress. I don't have to carry a big load or on my shoulders anymore because Jesus already carried it. You know, some people uh, here are, are, are bearing the burden of lost family members and people that they know that don't know Jesus, and they're carrying that burden around. And some of you are worried about your children, you're stressing over your job, and, and you're, you're going through all these things. But Jesus said that the yoke that he carries is easy, and his burden is light, and that in him we could find rest for our souls. Why? Because Jesus experienced the incredible burden so that we, so that we could be healed of our stress. Then it says in Isaiah, it says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He suffered from open wounds, and he heals our shame. That word transgression means open rebellion. The open, ghastly sin in our lives brings shame, and we know those sins are forgiven according to what his word declares. But what I'm talking about goes even further than that. I'm talking about how he is healing us from the shame, our reputation, our character, your ministry. All must be healed after the sin is forgiven. Jesus suffered openly. He, the wounds were unbelievable. And why? In order to heal us of the shame of our rebellion. We rebelled against God, and yet he suffered for us our transgressions, he provides healing for our open rebellion against him. The third thing is, notice, he was bruised for our iniquities. You know, he suffered internal injury, and he healed our sinful nature because of it. While transgression is open rebellion, iniquity speaks to our nature of sin. Adam's problem was not just that he rebelled once, but the real problem 
is that this rebellion opened a floodgate of sin in his life. And now Adam was going to, was going to naturally make wrong choices. And, 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 and because of those choices, we too, we find ourselves there. Unlike the open wound, a bruise lies beneath the surface. And often it is not visible to the human eye, but it still causes pain. Jesus suffered both opens, uh, for our open sin and the unseen weaknesses, both of which cause great damage to our lives. And most of, of us, you know, we know this. Many of, uh, many of us uh, are, are, are dealing with these things, and oftentimes, you know, we're hesitating to pursue God's purpose for our lives simply because we know that we have these internal wounds in our lives. God's purpose in our life is real. It's there. But because of this, oftentimes we know that we've blown it. We know that we make mistakes, and we know that sometimes we don't do the right things. But there's no need for you and I to waller in our failures. Why? Because Jesus suffered bruising so that your sinful nature and my sinful nature could be healed. He wants to heal us from the inside out. The other thing is, is that it says in the Word that he was chastised for our peace. See, he felt the humility of rejection and healed our broken relationships. Conflict brings as much or more pain to our lives than does sickness. You know, we do wrong, we wrong others, others wrong us, and relationships are broken. But Jesus suffered mis misunderstanding, rejection, hatred, and so much more. And he went to Calvary alone. And even then, through all of that, remember, even his best friends, they rejected him. They fled. They hid. He suffered all this alone. He suffered this chastisement so that we could have peace from our conflict, so that relationships that we have could heal. He could heal them, and we could see and walk in them. That's why forgiveness is such a wonderful thing, because in his forgiveness, he helps us to heal, and because of that, we can help heal the rejection of others. And then he said this. The, the, Isaiah said, by his stripes, we're healed. You know, he experienced pain beyond imagination, and he healed our bodies. And finally, he suffered great pain and so much bloodshed so that we could be physically healed as well. Why is it that we can so easily accept salvation, but it's so hard for us to accept his healing? And yet Calvary is just as much about healing as it is about our salvation. I noticed that nearly every part, every part, of Jesus' body was affected so that you and I could experience complete healing in our bodies. His heart was broken. His skin was lacerated. His muscles were torn and bruised. But there is one noticeable exception to all of this. If you consider the Word of God and, and consider this, I, I couldn't help but notice something that the Bible made very clear. It said that there was not one bone broken on Jesus. When, they, when the soldiers came to Jesus, 
they, he was already dead. And normally what they would do is they would break the bones, they would break the knees of the person on the cross. But when they came to Jesus, there was no need because he had already died. Why? Do you ever think about that? Why, why was his bones not broken? Well, the re answer is this. Your bones make up the shape of your life. The architect of the ages knew that no amount of sin and sickness or conflict could destroy the plan that God had for your life. The, the one thing that would not need healing is our shape, our purpose in Him. The psalmist said in Psalms 34, 17 through 20, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. There is a God-given structure to your life. Sin can destroy many things and cause a lot of pain, but it will not and it cannot destroy the substance of your life. See, in the end, you can be made whole. In the end, you can stand firm in Christ Jesus, just like him. The devil, the devil may be able to come and touch many aspects of your life, but he cannot simply do anything to change the plan that God has for you. God has a plan. It's set out from the very beginning, and God wants to fulfill that plan in your life. I, I remember what Job said in Job uh, 19 and verse 25. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, that he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. That's what Paul was saying in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our bodies. See, I believe without a doubt that healing has been provided for us. He wants to heal us mind, body, and soul. He wants to heal us physically, emotionally, mentally. He wants to heal every part of us. Why? Because he has a plan for us to fulfill in our lives. He plans, he plans to fulfill those things in us. It's not a plan of failure. It's a plan of success. It's a plan that God says, I'm going to do just for you. You know, tonight what I want to do is this. I want you, if you have your, if you have your uh, prayer guide, you can open it up. And there's a segment in the prayer guide. And it, it says, healing prayer. That healing prayer is based on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Psalms 103, verses 2 through 5, and Luke 1 and 37. Our God, it says, is a God of miracles. All you have to do is read the Bible, and we'll see him perform. You see it over and over again. He performed miracles then, and he performs miracles today. He is our healer, 
and we can confidently approach him and ask him for healing because he's a healer. He knows what we have need of and he knows exactly how to heal us. Psalms 103 verses 2 through 5 says, Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all the benefits. Who forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who, he says, satisfies you and satisfies your desires with good things so that you, your youth, is renewed like the eagles. I'm going to ask you, if you will, in faith to just join with me as we pray. Maybe you're watching right now and listening and saying, man, I need a healing. There are a number of people that need healing, and we're believing God for healing for them. And I'm going to ask you right now to proclaim the power of the healing virtue of God. Proclaim His power and His goodness, and believe and trust that He is well able to take care of those things in your life. Would you just join with me right now? And let us just pray together, and let us thank God for His healing Father, we come to you right now. God, I thank you because I know, God, that in your name, Lord, it is possible for us to receive healing. I thank you, God, tonight to know, Lord, that there's nothing, God, you cannot do. Lord, that you came along and you healed us, God. You took our pain. Your word tells us, Lord, very clearly what you would do for us. God, that you made way for us when there seemed to be no way and you, God, were able, God, to take hold of our lives and the situations that we face. God, I thank you tonight, God, for what Isaiah says. God, to know, Lord, that you took hold of us and, God, that you would move in our lives and that you would lay hold. Surely, you said, the word said, the prophet said, surely you bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. You were stricken. God, surely you did these things, God, for us. Lord, if it was just to die for our sins, then God, you would have died and you would have rose again. But Lord, you suffered, God, for us. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and with your stripes we are made whole. God, we come, God, believing that tonight. We come, God, holding fast to the promise of your word, Lord, that healing belongs to us, that, God, you have provided it for us. Our hope, God, is in you, our healer, the one who provides all the things that we have need of in our lives. God, we come believing that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Your name is Jehovah Rapha. God, you are the God who heals. You are the one who changes and transforms the things that are going on in my life. And God, during this time tonight, I believe it. I believe you're raising up people, Lord God, that they can know, Lord, healing is true. They can know, God, it's possible. Father, I believe right now that you can move upon them, whatever the circumstance, whatever it is that is happening. Lord, if they need comfort, you will comfort them. Lord God, if they need, if they need strength, Lord, you will strengthen them. Lord God, without exception, God, you can move upon their hearts without exception, Lord. You can deal with, Lord, the things that are going on in their lives, God. Lord, you can deal with the burdens and the stresses of life, Lord. 
you lift them up, God, and you remove them out of the way so that, God, we don't have to walk under the stress of life. So many people, Lord, are carrying it, God, every day, and they don't have to. God, for you've come, Lord, and your word says you provided, God, oh, Lord, for the sorrows that we carry. And, Lord, you lift us up. God, you are wounded for the transgressions of our heart so that we, God, don't have to walk in shame, that, God, you deal with the internal things of our lives. According to your word, you were bruised for our iniquities. God, you can heal, God, the sinful nature, God, completely eradicating sin out of our lives. God, to know, Lord, that even, Lord, the rejection, God, that you experienced, God, you did that so that we, Lord God, would not have to walk in broken relationships, but, God, that our relationships can be healed and made whole. God, so much was done for us. And, God, I thank you tonight for that. I thank you, Lord, that we have healing God provided for us. I thank you, Lord, that you make way for us, God, where there was no way, and you do the impossible things for us. I thank you, Lord, that the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, and because he lives, we live. And because he stands today, God, as the advocate before the Father, he brings, God, those things to you. He petitions you, God, and we can petition the Word, God, and the Word makes us alive. God, I pray today, let your people today know healing is theirs. It belongs to them. God, it's been provided for them. And God, because of that, Lord God, today we find healing. God, to know nothing, nothing is impossible. God, give peace today. Give direction today. Work it into their hearts, I pray. We ask it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That name that's above every name. God, I thank you for every aspect, God, of healing in my life. God, you heal me, Lord, in every way. And God, we can walk in that strength today of knowing that it's been provided, Lord. It's accomplished according to your word. I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, if you have children, would you take the time to go to... Uh, in, in, in the kids prayer guide and it's there in, in, in page 13 it, it's a, a simple exercise that you can do with your children it says match who he is who the Lord is to what he can do and teach your children how that Jesus is our provider he's our healer he's the one that does those things and I want to thank you tonight I know this is an abbreviated prayer time but I want you just to think upon the wonderful, wonderful experience that we have through Jesus Christ and to know that he has made every provision for us. He is our healer. He's our provider. He's everything that we need. He's all you have need of in your life. He was and has done everything necessary for you to walk in healing today. Thank you, Lord. Surely he has bore it. Surely he has provided it, and he's done it for you. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you again at our next time of prayer. God bless. Have a nice evening.